Deuteronomy 20. This is Moses' great speech continuing, and we're now getting to instructions for going to war. When you go out to battle against your enemies, and you see horses and chariots and a people more numerous than you, you shall not be afraid of them. For Yahweh your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. It shall be that when you draw near to the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. He shall tell them, Hear Israel, you draw near today to battle against your enemies. Don't let your heart faint, don't be afraid, nor tremble, neither be scared of them. For Yahweh your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. The officers shall speak to the people, saying, What man is there who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man dedicate it. Or what man is there who has planted a vineyard and has not used its fruit? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man uses its fruit. What man is there who is pledged to be married to a wife and has not taken her? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle, and another man take her. The officers shall speak further to the people, and they shall say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted, lest his brother's heart melt at his heart? It shall be, when the officers has finished speaking to the people, they shall appoint captains of armies at the head of the people. When you draw near to a city to fight it, proclaim peace to it. It shall be that if it gives an answer of peace and opens to you, then it shall be that all the people who are found there shall become laborers to you and shall serve you. If it will make no peace with you, but will make war with you, then you will besiege it. When Yahweh your God delivers it into your hand, you shall strike every male of it with the edge of the sword. But the women, the little ones, the livestock, and all that is in the city, even all its plunder, you shall take as plunder for yourself. You may use the plunder of your enemies, which Yahweh your God has given you. Thus you shall do to all the cities which are very far off from you, which are not the cities of these nations. But of the cities of these peoples, that Yahweh your God gives to you for an inheritance, you shall save alive nothing that breathes. But you shall utterly destroy them, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, as Yahweh your God has commanded you, that they not teach you to follow their abominations, which they have done for their gods, so would you sin against Yahweh your God. When you shall besiege a city a long time in making war against it to take it, you shall not destroy its trees by wielding an axe against them, for you may eat of them. You shall not cut them down, for is the tree of the field man that it should be besieged by you. Only the trees that you know are not trees for food. You shall destroy and cut them down. You shall build bulwarks against the city that makes war with you until it falls. So these are instructions for battle. Now, first of all, these were specific instructions for the campaign that was going to happen in the book of Joshua, which we'll talk about soon. And so there was instructions for how to attack a city that was a part of the land, or if you ended up attacking a city that wasn't a part of the land, different rules. And they had to completely destroy those in the land because they that was the Lord's punishment on these people who were very, very evil. Just like in the Nuremberg trials, those evil people, 
it was justice that they were completely removed from the earth. And uh, you wouldn't want any stain of that type of Nazism remaining in the earth and spreading. Well, the Lord determined that that had to be removed. So there were different rules and all of that has been talked about in other Bible chapters. But what I really want to talk about here is that this is all these Old Testament chapters are a picture to us of things we can learn as New Testament Christians. So, for example, this chapter starts out by saying, if there's anyone that's faint-hearted among you, he doesn't have to fight. He can go home. If there's anyone who has planted a vineyard and hasn't had the fruit, he can leave. If there's anyone pledged to be married, let him go get married. So if there was anyone whose heart wasn't in it, basically, they're not in the fight. They're not in the battle. And this is exactly a picture of how the body of Christ is. We're called as, as believers to serve the Lord and as part of that, we're engaged in a holy war. We don't fight people. We're, f we're not fighting flesh and blood, says the book of Ephesians, but we're fighting principalities and powers. We're fighting by prayer. We're fighting on our knees. But the truth of it is that if anyone's heart isn't in, the, isn't in it, they don't fight. It's not that they... It's not that there's this grand moment where we stand up in church and say, if you don't want to be a part of it, you don't have to be. No, it just happens on its own. That there are people whose hearts are drawn into other pursuits all around them, and so they don't tend to serve in the Lord's army. It's a picture of what actually does happen. But there are those who do serve in the Lord's army, faithful believers. They hop on their knees, they pray, they join the prayer meeting, they, they serve the Lord, and even though there may be less of us than the enemy, we are victorious. <laughs> now, the first thing that happens is when they come to a city, here in this chapter, they were to declare peace to the city. So we come to our enemies. Now, our enemies, in this case, are people. Now, I know we're not fighting the people, but we speak peace to people. We speak the gospel, the truth. But if those people will not respond to the gospel, now we fight. But the fighting isn't against the people. The fighting is against the principalities and the power which locks those people up. So you may go to your friend or your neighbor or someone and you might present to them the truth of Christ. They may be hard-hearted and turn away. So you now go into battle. You get on your knees and you start praying for their salvation. You tear down the things that are, that are holding them up until eventually you've besieged that city, that stronghold, and you've brought it to surrender to Christ. And then... You take captive those things and they will serve Christ. So you can see this whole picture here of conquering a city, taking its people captive, and then they belong completely to Christ. This is exactly what we're trying to do as New Testament Christians. All around us there are people who don't know the Lord and there are also things going on in our cities which are ungodly. Well, we fight. We get on our knees and we pray and we besiege these things until we break through. And then we make those things serve the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our spiritual role. So it's not the picture of the military campaign of Joshua is a picture of a different military campaign that we are currently doing today. And the name Joshua is, of course, Jesus. And our, the leader of our army, the commander of hosts for us, is also Jesus. And so if you're a Christian, if you're attending church, you, you've got faith you know him, well, you're actually a part of holy war. And the instructions are right here in Deuteronomy 20. You have to go and offer peace. But if your enemy will not hear the peace and surrender, 
you have to besiege the city and you have to go to war until that person surrenders to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The scriptures do tell us in Philippians, every knee will bow, every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's our role, to bring everything captive to Christ. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the instructions for war found right here in Deuteronomy 20 and also other things that we learn elsewhere in the scriptures like in Ephesians 6. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful in our service as we go to war, as we go to battle on behalf of those who are lost and perishing. Lord, we don't conquer them so that they will die. We bring them to Christ so that they will live. And I ask for grace for your people. In Jesus' name, amen.